0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Maritime Software Hub, The People Podcast. In this episode, I'm really excited to be joined by Cameron Amigo. Cameron's got a fascinating background, um, started off his career uh, in the States uh, working as a tugboat captain. Um, he's then worked in the US Army, he's been a broker, a ship broker, and he's also, in re- more recent years, worked in some maritime software and digital shipping focused businesses. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the role of data, um, and in particular, the the head of data position that he he was in, in one of his recent companies. Um, And given the fact that Cameron has spent the majority of his time in his career in the US, we're also going to shine a little bit of a spotlight on the US market um, and what the maritime technology landscape is, is, is like over in the US. So I hope you find this one interesting. Um, certainly uh, really good to get uh, Cameron on because I know he's also been sharing some really really cool posts and, and uh, articles lately about um, topics that kind of relate closer to what we're, we're passionate and interested about as well so thank you for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi Cameron, welcome to the
1: show. Hey Cal, thanks for having me.
0: That's a Pleasure to have you on. I know we've been speaking for a number of years now, so it's a really great uh, to get you included in, in, in our podcast and hear your insights. So um, I've given a quick intro in the build up to the episode. So perhaps if you could sort of share an overview of, of kind of who you are uh, and your kind of background to date, um, keeping it kind of quite high level, that, that'd be really great.
1: Yeah, I started at one of the Maritime Academies in the States um, and I sailed as a tugboat captain. Um, on the Great Lakes on Ship Assist before I came shoreside. And when I was shoreside, I've had unusual path uh, to get here. I worked for a cash buyer. I deployed with the the U.S. Army. But most notably, I spent nine years at SPI Marine, their chemical tanker broker, a worldwide company with about 100 people. Uh, There, I started as a broker. Then I took on this project. And that project uh, ended up being seven years. And I ended up leading our uh, digital and data efforts there globally, and then I also most recently joined forces and worked with Voyager Portal, which is a young startup out of Houston.
0: Yeah, no, excellent. And 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 I think uh, we started uh, connecting and speaking during your SPI days. Yeah. Um, so that sounded like a really interesting venture, and and, and great that the the insights that they were um developing on, on the maritime side and, and and particularly in the chemical side. So. Yeah, I mean, when I was looking at your profile, there's so many things that we can talk about. I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you've got three MBAs. Is that right? Two or three MBAs?
1: <laughs> I, got, I got one MBA and then, okay. yeah, then a master's in business analytics, so just
0: two. Okay, okay, well, still, still very impressive. Um, but, and also, yeah. so carry on. I
1: was going to say what's funny, though, with the business analytics, I really learned on YouTube <laughs> and okay, asking yeah. people. And then I went back to get a degree just so people would, like, trust me. But the education (laughs) was really through YouTube.
0: (laughs) I'm the same. I've learned so much off YouTube. Um, Pretty much, yeah, the last five or six years or so, everything I try and do around the house or whatever is all guided by it with the camera up in front of me. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's a good good channel. Cool. And, yeah, I mean, really, one thing that stood out to me in particular was was the the projects you've done with the Connecticut Maritime Association um, and your involvement there. So would it be okay if you just elaborated a bit on that and, and what that involved?
1: Yeah. So um, the Connecticut Maritime Association, the CMA, uh, they, they brought me on, I think, because um, in the shipping world, I was young, you know, one of the youngest guys. And they're like, hey, can you help us out with some digital efforts? And uh, they, they had a website, which I, I think was, you know, it was a little old. Um, it, looked, it looked like it was created uh, in the 90s. So we just started updating that um and then i worked with another partner on there jess Hurwitz. who's now at orbit and we got um a new membership portal and just kind of updated their their social just kind of brought them into the okay. modern world a bit um but it's a really good organization with a lot of history they have the, the cma conference every year in connecticut yeah. which brings people from all over the world so uh, yeah, so it was it was really good. Um, and when I joined, it was right before COVID too. So all these digital efforts kind of arrived at the the best time.
0: Good. And how how are you seeing the kind of the U.S. market? I mean, in particular, the focus on the, the digital shipping and maritime technology. Obviously, you, you spent the majority of your career in that area. So over the last sort of five five ten years or so, has there been much advancements? You saying in the U.S. market?
1: Yeah. There's been advancement. I also think there's been a little shift. Initially, you would see these startups or these companies come on the scene, and they're like, "We're gonna, we're gonna change the world. We're gonna, we're gonna have uh, an online, you know, transaction space or this or that." And these big initiatives, and those seem to have slowed down a pace. And it's more, we're gonna solve this problem uh around optimization around um cii around demurrage right and, and kind of falling into th- these niches so th- that's one shift that i've seen in the last three to five years uh a little bit um that that's come into the okay. place
0: Interesting. Are there any particular, obviously Connecticut is one, one big hub, but I mean, we, we, we work with a a few companies and uh, clients over in the States now in in areas like Boston, Houston, Austin. Are there any particular, I guess, yeah, technology hubs, maybe aside from the typical like Silicon Valley uh, and that area, but anything related to maritime where you see this particular cities or places that are really popular?
1: Um, You know, it's funny. I I feel like they pop up all over and then they're like, all right, we got to be we got to be in Houston at some point. Uh, But yeah, I mean, definitely there's the Boston crowd. I mean, that's always been, you know, with with, with Vesson as leaders and there's been Mm -hmm. some that spawned out of that and uh, a few notable ones in in New York. But um, ultimately, it's funny that it always ends up to be some presence um, there. So I don't I don't think there's one that's really rose above as like this is the place for maritime technology companies so yeah
0: yeah a lot of when we've helped companies you, like europe-based companies hire into the u.s often they're pretty relaxed about the exact city where the, the perhaps the, yeah. the candidate might be based as long as they they can travel and they can go out and see clients and things i guess it, it Gravitate towards where the the client cluster is, uh, and as you say, places like Houston. If it's more of an energy focused solution, you're probably going to be down that way. I would imagine um, in yeah. that sort of region. Okay, cool. No, good, and also really interesting to hear about your your military background and everything. Um, so you've got very, very uh, yeah, colorful background, which is really really interesting. To see, um, great, and so the particular. So each episode, as you may know, we try and focus on one particular role within the uh, digital shipping space, and and I've been really interesting reading and listening and, and watching your videos lately as well. Um, I saw the one recently about customer success, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is really awesome in in, in SaaS. So um, I've definitely learning a bit from your your podcast or your your, your videos. Um, so in this episode, we're going to talk about the the role of head of data. Um, yeah which is when perhaps when I first started speaking to you more, SPI is the main role. I think you were kind of the title you had right. at the time. So I guess um, as an overview, wh- how would you kind of describe that particular role? What, what were the main kind of job, fu- job functions?
1: Yeah, so the, the head of data, the, the first thing with data is, you, you, so you kind of have your data on one side and then you have your, your software on the other and they're connected. You pull one, it's going to change the other. You pull here, it's it's going to change the other. So you got to kind of look at it as a holistic um, approach. And if you kind of think of the software, you're like, well, where, why does that come in? Because that starts with your data collection. So if you have a, a, a great software program that everyone's using, they're putting their information in, that's your data storage. If you have a bad software and everyone's like, ah, I'm just doing my demerge on Excel and then I send a claim. Right. It's not making it into the system. So the the starts with the data collection. And that's where you have to work really close with what software um, that you're using to manage your processes. Um, So first, we have data collection. Then we have data storage. And those are different. So you want to make it easy for people to collect the data. Then we have to store it somewhere. Um, so, for example, if you heard terms like data warehouse, data lakes, those types of things. Mm-hmm. And part of that is we just take the information, we call like transactional data, however it comes in, and we move it over to another location where we can clean it up, where we yeah. can move it around. Um, if someone spells Houston HSTN, then you can you know change it to actually writing out the full word so that's what we call that the ETL process extract transform and then load so we have data store or data collection then data storage right and then next step is we have modeling the data setting it up for how do we we want this Do are we trying to do aggregates to get totals averages find trends those types of things so we'd set up a data model that works well for that. And part of that is optimization. So if you have a large data set, you want to optimize it so it's not running slow. The last step is analysis. And so analyzing it. So first we have data collection, the data storage uh, and cleanup modeling. And then lastly, we have the analysis. So if you do those first three well, it makes the analysis really fast and really easy. And the three types of analysis that I used to focus on, we have descriptive analysis, that's just like what happened. Then we have um, predictive analysis, predicting what will happen, and then prescriptive analysis. So giving you insights to help you make a decision um, in, in the future. So that, that was pretty much my whole business analytics uh, degree in two, two
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, and you're overseeing all of that. So you've got a team of data analysts, data scientists behind you that would, would, would help you with all that, put it all together, essentially.
1: Yes, and I was fortunate to be in charge of both the, the IT, um, so in the software, as well as the data side. Cause like I mentioned, adding a new piece of software brings in new data. Then it's like, well, how do we get that data over? Do we already have that data coming from other sources? So being able to see the complete picture was, was very helpful. But yeah, it was quite the team cause there's a lot of different skills involved in that. Um, you have developers, you have uh, data architects or solution architects. Um, there's different coding languages at different phases throughout this, and then even down to the, the analyst, um, they may have a special, you know, some analysts are better with visualizations, others in, are better with commodities, opposed to, you know, more supply and demand shipping type data. So it's a, you need a, a unique team uh, with unique sets of skills uh, to kind of accomplish the, the big data picture, okay. which is ultimately just answering questions for people.
0: <laughs> no, good, and I mean, you probably mentioned bits and pieces of that but anybody that's looking to try and go step up into that kind of head of data or cdo type of role any kind of tips or or perhaps uh, pieces of insights that you can share to give them the best sort of chance of of, of of kind of progressing
1: their career in that way yeah i think the big one is know where you want to go if you know you want to be a cdo there's going to be steps that you need to take. So don't worry. You're not going to go from, I want to be a CDO to a CDO. So you may want to start learning a technical skill. But you understand if you're going to be a CDO, you're not going to be coding. Uh, So stay in that for two to three years, two to four years. Get that familiarity. Then you're going to want to learn this skill. Uh, At some point, you want to manage a team. So move over into that. So as you progress, you're building this resume that gives you the experience um, and skills that you need. So I focus more on the the skills, whether it's management or coding language as you progress, because the kind of the big separator is, do you want to be a practitioner? Do you want to be the one doing it or do you want to be someone more strategic and leading it? Um, So I would say early in your career try to just learn what you like and what you don't, right? I, I know some people, they're like, I don't want to manage an analyst. I just don't, I don't want to do presentations, KPI reviews, Going, I don't want to do that. I just want to code and do, build awesome stuff. Other people are like, I love presenting. And so kind of, so start with the, you know, the end point and it's a lot of change, by the way. Um, yeah. So it's okay if you think, you want to do presentations, you do it once. You're like, dude, this is not for me. So
0: that makes sense. And you, you talked about kind of learn different skills and, and different tools and that type of thing. So that kind of leads me nicely onto the next question. I mean, are there any, and I guess it's going to depend on what you, the outcome you're trying to trying to get really is. So are there any particular tools or courses or programming skills that you, you kind of recommend maybe relating to the digital shipping side, that, that would be really yeah. worthwhile looking into?
1: I got one that I think everyone, regardless of what you do, should take. And it's data visualization course. It's for Story IQ. And they have these online courses you can do, and it teaches you how to communicate with data. And okay. I see in shipping particularly, we are very bad at communicating with data. We there's throw a lot of stuff on and graphs and charts and um, that's the one number one because it doesn't matter where you are in this change at some point it's got to end in a visualization um, and you got to be able to communicate it because I see some awesome data that's communicated poorly and it just falls because uh, people people don't want to to do that. Uh, to kind of do the legwork to look through a horrible visual to find the answer. So that's the one. I'd say the other, if you are interested in data, just start with SQL. Um, that's kind of like the basis for, for a lot of things, um, you know, just underlining, getting the basic kind of like table structure. It's a good starting point, And then you'll figure out what you like and what you don't want to go from there. Yeah,
0: good. And that, all that you mentioned you could do, you can learn online on YouTube or obviously through yeah, U- universities and studies and things.
1: In LinkedIn, I follow a lot of like my LinkedIn, you know, homepage. I just follow a lot of different data people, uh, and they're just constantly posting free content and how tos.
0: Nah, great, good, okay, cool. And um, I guess in, moving on from kind of I guess the the role of data, but like uh, in, in your terms, I mean, perhaps more on a personal side. Like uh, I've known you a little bit now, but and anything about any kind of hobbies that you have maybe that we haven't talked about that you kind of particularly uh enjoy doing t- and spending time outside of work
1: well i have two seven-year-old boys so they they take oh, wow. up uh, a lot of my time so their their hobbies are, are my hobbies right oh, yeah. <laughs> right now um but yeah they're a lot of fun they're really into to sports um here in the states you know soccer uh football or okay. for the everyone else in the world um and in american football so yeah we're pretty we're covering the sports world right now
0: yeah we're the same I've, I've got a four-year-old uh three-year-old and a five-year-old um and the three-year-old has just just started to go to big school now well say big school big school for him um yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it's just sort of uh all hands on deck really at home and work and things so it's it, i'm sure it keeps you very very busy yeah yeah no good cool and and i guess going forward obviously if people want to reach out to you and learn a bit more about um obviously your story and, and any questions relating to the data or, or or your background
1: what's the best way for them to get in touch just linkedin just shoot shoot yeah. me a message um or you know right right in the comments uh get, get a hold of me and i have to say i've done that i've been on the other side of that a lot through, through LinkedIn and um, I've met some really cool people from uh, you know I've, I've had calls with people in Singapore or, or you know in the Netherlands and just people want to help people mm-hmm. um, I, I truly believe that and I've seen that especially on LinkedIn In the maritime tech community is very small um, and everyone's very helpful and you can learn a lot so reach out to, to people if you see a post just shoot them a message tell them you enjoyed it and just ask if you can have a five-minute chat
0: yeah no i completely agree that's kind of pretty much most of our, our time is is engaging with people on linkedin as i'm sure everyone knows they get approaches from recruiters and things um but for us it is a great platform to, to connect with people and, and uh here in the uk we have a uh, london international shipping week this week so um i was at a in my Sats event yesterday uh in london which was really interesting uh and again those people you kind of maybe you spoke to briefly you can then connect with them on linkedin and follow up it's a great way to sort of uh build connections and things so um no i think really delighted that you joined I appreciate it was a little bit last minute so thank you so much for coming on and wanted to get this in the diary for a while but great that we managed to book it in this week um yeah. but anything anything else you'd like to add to our listeners at all yeah just
1: from a data perspective I would just really try to push the, the simplicity of it because um, there's a yeah. lot you can do. But in the end, you are answering a question for someone. And your job is to find what that true question is. They may say, I want a graph on bunkers. But what what do you really want? Do you, are you trying to negotiate a COA and you want to see what the, the bunkers are going to do? So you want to see the trend and how that impacts it. So you want to really, you got to find the true question, right? You know, the example they always give is someone comes in a store, they say you want to buy a shovel. They don't want to buy a shovel. They want to dig a hole. Well, they don't really want to dig a hole. They want to plant a tree. So they can have privacy. They want privacy. (laughs) So you sell them a shovel, but you really should be selling them privacy. It's the same thing with analysis. Like find what the real question is and then deliver that answer. Not, no one cares how you got there, by the way. Don't have to ever explain how you got there. Just just give them the answer. And your job is to make the complex simple. And if you can do that, um, you'll go very far in um, you know, data and analytics and uh, any organization.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fasc- fascinating. And before we leave, any kind of common challenges that you come up with? or come up against in, in that sort of role in, the, in a data analysis and data management type of position, whether it be with end users or, or or more like maybe internally, anything you can think of?
1: Yeah, two challenges. One is, and everyone knows, the digital, you know, the technical landscape is changing very fast. It doesn't even matter which BI tool you're using, Tableau, Power BI, they're sending updates every month. So it's very hard for you to do it on your own to keep up the date. So that's why you subscribe to podcasts like this or follow blogs, right? So that's the one thing is don't expect that you're going to know everything about every piece of software. So you need to have a network. The second is everyone that you are showing your analysis of data to is going to have a different level of understanding of the business and of data itself. So you have to constantly be a translator and go to where they are. It's not their fault if they don't understand your visual. It's yeah. Your job is to make them understand. So whether they're further from the business and more analytical, then you frame it that way. If they're a CEO who just needs to know the health of a company, put one card. <laughs> make it red, green or yellow and put the health, right? And so that those are the two biggest challenges, keeping off the technology. My recommendation is don't do it alone have a network, have a team. Um, and the other is communicating to a diverse group, especially in shipping. And my recommendation there is that you always have to craft the message to the individual. Because in the end, it is just a conversation. You're just using data to do it.
0: Yeah. No, brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing uh, these insights. Um, great. All right, Cameron. Well, uh, I think for now, pleasure to have you on the show. I'm um, looking forward to catch up again soon. And, and as I said, Anyone that wants to reach out to Cameron, just, just drop him a message or, or connection request on LinkedIn. But I really enjoyed my conversation with Cameron. Uh, really energetic, interesting guy, um, very academic, and has obviously put a lot of time and energy into, um, I guess, the subjects that he's passionate about. Obviously, maritime, digitalization, data analysis. Um, So I really wish him the best in his his career and really great to connect with him and look forward to speaking to him again soon. Um, Obviously, if anybody is interested in reaching out to to Cameron, as we said, just feel free to drop him a message on on LinkedIn. Um, I'm sure he'll be delighted to have a chat with you. Thank you very much for joining.